It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. I like the inherent honesty of a blowout loss where at no point are you invested. You know what? Um, That's a great way to look at it they didn't take away my hope they gave me back my sunday afternoon Mm -hmm. and you know in these turbulent times that we live in what could be a greater gift than that to have some personal time on a weekend to just do your own thing so thank you ottawa senators you've got episodes of brooklyn 99 on your dvr yeah you know what you should get a head start on that you know you're gonna have to tape a bunch of stuff on sunday night as well uh you don't want to get any further behind the eight ball Uh, why don't you start some shows late sunday afternoon just start working through that backlog twin peaks is back and there's no reason why you can't binge season one right now you're almost through riverdale if one last push don't worry about watching the game and then you can start twin peaks that's that's the senators looking out for the community you got it in red Remember Todd White? Where did Eric Carlson eat last night? It doesn't matter if you ask. It's the Jack and Luke Podcast. Good day, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode Lassard of the Chet Sellers and Luke Peristi Podcast. I'm Luke, and I'm joined, as always, by the man who is not yet willing to discuss end-of-life care for your hockey season. It's Chet Sellers. <laughs> How you doing, man? Pleasure to be here. I'm doing love great. Love the show. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. Is there anything else you love these days, such as the sport of hockey and <laughs> the associated playoffs I'll, with it? Look, I'll, I'll tell you this for free. I've never felt better in my life. I've never felt more confident in the Senators after... A seven nothing game five loss. I have full confidence that they're going to come back to town on Tuesday, win game six, and then go into Pittsburgh for game seven and cream the Penguins. So I don't even know why we're doing this podcast because that is a statistical certainty. Chet Zeller is not burying the lead here, folks. Uh, <laughs> we are recording less than 24 hours after game five of the Eastern Conference final. And we're here to tell you, we're going to see you next week for a Stanley Cup final preview. That's right. I will see you next week. You're not getting out of this podcast, listeners. I I love that it's more of a threat. (laughs) It's like, you will have to listen to us. Yeah, this is homework for you. You know, it's obviously not great to lose a game 7-0 and go down and face elimination in a series. I I haven't seen anyone that that has taken the the opposite side of that one. But at the same time, like, you know, you can only freak out so much whether you lose 1-0 or 7-0, right? I mean, I think it was the Oilers that lost 7-0 to the Sharks in round one and went on to close that series out by winning the next two games. So, you know, it happens. <laughs> Didn't the Oilers also beat the Ducks 7-0 and uh, then lost in Game 7 to the Ducks? That one I'm not sure about. I <laughs> the, the example I'd like to use in this case is the Sharks beating the Oilers 7-0 and the Oilers going on to win the series. That's happened once, it will happen again. We ostensibly watch a lot of hockey, and we're like, the Western Conference, what is it? (laughs) (laughs) Who are the teams? Do they play hockey the same way? 
My my point is, this is the first time in these playoffs that the Senators have faced elimination, and that's the edge that I want to live on. That's where I feel truly alive, is once we're facing elimination. And everyone else who's, you know, all of a sudden freaking out because the Senators have never faced elimination at any point during the playoffs to date, you folks need to check your privilege. I'll tell you that right now. I know. The Senators just lead a bunch of series, win two series in six, and then, like, the moment things go wrong, it's just the sky is falling and people are freaking out. And I got to say, your sense fans, act like you've been here before because you have. Exactly. I mean, the last time that the Senators were, you know, down in a series was after game one against Boston. And they came back and they won three in a row in that series. They had two bad losses in a row to the Rangers. And they came back and they won the next two games to close that series out. They've now had two, one very bad loss and one one goal loss to the Penguins in games four and five. And I don't think anyone is suggesting they can't come back and do exactly the same thing in game six and game seven. There are some asterisks to that. They need basically everyone in the lineup to play better than they did in game five, starting with Mike Hoffman, Mark Stone, Kyle Turris, and Craig Anderson. And they need to take advantage of whatever injuries Pittsburgh still has on its blue line uh, because those guys are starting to get healthy again. And they need Eric Carlson to be Eric Carlson. But if all of those contingencies happen, and I'm uh, here to tell you that they will, I think Tuesday night will not be the last time we see the Senators in this uh, in this postseason. Your avenues for analysis and uh, coaching are kind of limited in the wake of a 7 nothing loss because that's not the sort of thing that you can just like make one minor adjustment and that's going to change the fortunes. You kind of just have to go into the room and be like, all right, so let's do that again and then just not play like butt this time. <laughs> yeah, everyone um, be better. <laughs> did anyone feel unprepared for that? Do we need to change any coaching approach yeah. here? No? Okay, let's do it again, but better. <laughs> but a loss is a loss, right? Like, I mean, again, if they lost one nothing, we'd be in exactly the same position and we'd be just saying oh it was so close we could have had that one but i feel good we'll go back and we'll get them like these guys are goldfish for a reason they're supposed to forget about a result pretty much as soon as it happens craig anderson is always better coming off you know a horrible game and at a certain point uh you know i'm optimistic that the senators are going to score on the power play what are they now like oh for 29 okay so i will believe that the senators can win the last two games of the series but scoring on the power play seems like a bridge too far, my friend. Um, that's a bit much. Like, wow, This is rainbows and unicorns land. Let's ground this podcast in reality. Right. But I think if they blow one more power play, they'll have gone 0 for 30, which just to me seems statistically impossible. That's like Luke Peristi on Tinder numbers, 0 for 30. Like, we can do... <laughs> o, there's... O, 0 for 30, the worst ESPN documentary series. <laughs> We did this last podcast last week when they were up one nothing, and we're feeling very optimistic. And I think I said at one point that even though we're being optimistic, there's a chance we'll be back taping this this weekend, saying what were the keys to those four straight Penguins wins to get them to a 4-1 series victory. We're not quite there yet. We are down 3-2. But of the four games they've played since we last did this podcast, the Senators had two one-goal losses to the Pens, blew them out once, and got blown at once so it is still you know fairly close yeah it's weird that there have been two one goal games and two blowouts the senators have only won one of those games and it's not the one you'd expect let's be honest like we can go back to the good times here that 5-1 win at home was pretty fun 
It, it was those those were good times. It was others have said this, so I won't I won't dwell on it too much, but after that fourth goal in the first period, literally like in however many years I've been going to Sens games at the Canadian Tire Center, I have never ever heard it louder than that. Like it was like jet engine like painfully loud. You know, I mean this the the place can get loud, but the CTC also if you go to a game in November or December can sound kind of like a tennis tournament in Dubai, right? Like people will cheer when they're supposed to cheer, but the rest of the time you can hear everything that's happening down there during play. So to hear basically a constant level of noise and after that fourth goal to get so loud that I was literally in pain with with just the the roar that was going on in there. It was it was a lot of fun. The Sens crowd was so happy it hurt. Literally. <laughs> and um, let's get back to where we were after that game where, you know, the Sens were up 2-1 in the series. They just blown out the Penguins. The Penguins had a bunch of guys that were hurt and the the narrative like around Sens fans and in the media was is there any chance that Pittsburgh can come back at this point right or are the Penguins just too hurt too tired you know the Senators are the team of destiny this year and they're going to close this thing out let's get back to where we were then after game three where nobody thought the Penguins had a chance in this series we're not that far away from that it's just a couple days later let's give uh, Pittsburgh some credit unlike some of Ottawa was uh, previous playoff opponents. Pittsburgh hasn't really been one for blowing leads, which is kind of a huge difference, I'd say. Especially in Game 4, when Ottawa nearly made a furious comeback after being down 3 nothing, and then fell just short. That was a game that you watched and went, hmm... We would have won that if it was against the Rangers. No, it's true. Outside of Game 3, where they could not complete a pass and looked completely discombobulated and kept turning the puck over, Pittsburgh has looked fairly confident, and if they score first, they usually win. So I'm optimistic that the Senators will come out, backs to the wall in Game 6, score early, score often, and take it back to Pittsburgh for Game 7. I mean, what are they going to do to shake things up for Game 6? Are we, uh, are you optimistic that we're going to have Mark Borowiecki back? I mean, I don't mind Mark Borowiecki as much as some people. I think I'd rather see Freddie Clayson and Chris Weidman on the bottom pairing. But at the same time, Boros kind of hit this prime Chris Neal point where you go, all right, so he's not incredible, but at least for all the intangible grit elements that you know people think he brings at least he can kind of take a regular shift along with that that said i'm really not looking forward to mark borbieski versus like evgeny malkin and phil kessel so maybe we should just maybe that'll be a wrap well, um, we had said during the year, you know, Mark Borowiecki plus the system equals not that bad. But, I mean, the system itself hasn't looked all that great against Pittsburgh for the last couple of games. Certainly, he's no worse of a choice than Harper. And even Weidman hasn't looked that good. So, if they want to mix Borowiecki up and put him in there and, you know, have him hit some stuff, I don't think it's necessarily going to be any worse than what we've seen. I don't think the makeup of the sixth or seventh defenseman is going to be what wins or loses the game. I think it's it's going to be the rest of the team plus Craig Anderson actually actually doing something in game six. Can we talk about Guy Boucher pump faking everyone with like the fake goalie pole he tried to <laughs> he tried to make in the first period? Can I? Well, I mean, let me say, I mean, for Craig Anderson's birthday, getting pulled, getting put back in and getting pulled again. I mean, who doesn't like to be the center of attention on their birthday? Yeah. What was that? Because well, I was getting ready. I was like all in on Mike Condon. I was like, yo, you know, who's no fluke? This guy. And then Mike Condon gave up, what, 75 percent of the goals? It just took him longer to do that. Like, I don't think either goalie was particularly good yesterday. It's just a blowout loss. Like when it's not your day, it's not your day. Bobby Ryan skating away from the puck in the defensive zone and then 
it directly leading to a goal against. That's just the moment of the whole game right there where you're like, ah, this is... Yeah. And <laughs> Nothing if you, is going to go right today for us, I can tell. If you look up the worst days to have your birthday, typically you'll see like December 25th because, you know, everybody ignores your birthday because it's Christmas or February 29th because, you know, it's a weird day and you have to move it around every four years where you celebrate your birthday or certainly any um, holidays that are remembrances of awful things like September 11th are bad days to have your birthday. And I would add to that anytime you have to start a playoff game against the Pittsburgh Penguins is not the best day to have your birthday. Yeah, Craig Anderson, what are you doing having your birthday in late May? (laughs) (laughs) What were your parents doing in September, Craig Anderson? (laughs) Not planning ahead, that's what. Seemed like it was such a good omen. Everything was going right that day. I went to brunch and Steely Dan was playing. It was Craig Anderson's birthday. Oh, I said to you, Craig Anderson's going to have a great birthday. But, you know, if Craig Anderson, when things are going right for him, tends to not be great. Craig Anderson, when things are going wrong or he's coming off a really bad loss, that seems to be when Craig Anderson really digs in and pulls out a good performance. So yet another reason why, in spite of all available evidence, the Senators are going to crush Game 6. Well, we know they're capable of it. At least this series has like reminded us why playoff hockey is annoying and such a delicate flower. Like success is very fleeting and you don't get many bad games to work it out. You have to be good very consistently because not showing up for just a single game can like really put you behind the eight ball going forward. And this is the first time they've faced elimination, but you know, we'll see what they can do with that. They just have to win two in a row, which they have done before after a series of bad losses. So they are definitely capable. Like I mean After four games against the Rangers, we were sort of like, well, this looks like this could be it, right? Because they've lost two in a row by, I think, three goals each. They're putting Chris Neal in the lineup, so they have lost their minds. uh, And they came back and they won two in a row, so they can do it. And I do still feel like this is the window, you know, like this is they have to figure out a way to beat Pittsburgh twice now, but this is the year like who's waiting for you in the cup finals. It's uh, probably a Nashville team missing their number one center. Like this is the time to do it. A thing I like to do, and I think this is very important just to like get a handle on your innate negativity as a sense fan, try reversing the situations that happen. If this was a uh, three, two sends lead right now, we'd be sitting here like this is good, but they can still blow this. And the reason why we'd be saying that is because we've watched the Ottawa Senators blow multiple 3-2 series leads. It's a thing that happens in the playoffs. Right. And I think it might be our turn to turn it around. This is going to be the time when everyone's counting out Ottawa and they're going to surprise everyone. Mm -hmm. And this is it. They have never won a Game 7 in team history. And if not now, then when? Like As you point out, Craig Anderson's at his worst. Things cannot be worse in the next game. We've hit rock bottom, and we're still here. The only place to go is up. We have said previously on this podcast that momentum is not really a thing. Certainly that was true after the Senators blew out the Penguins, and then, you know, really didn't play that well in Game 4, and certainly not in Game 5. So who's to say they can't just completely forget about this one, come back, win at home, and then see where things go from there? It is interesting to stare death in the face like this, because I realize now that I'm not afraid to lose. I just don't want hockey to go away. I just don't want it to be over. Well, Um, I mean, if you keep the Senators in your heart, then it never really goes away. Come what may, this is going to be the most successful Senators uh, team in a decade. 
and everyone realizes that this is the sort of thing that does not come around very often. Although, you know, silver lining, win or lose, we have given Uncle Eugene nine games of home playoff revenue, so that warms my heart. Yeah, I mean, in the dark times, I can look back and say that extra home revenue paid for an extra half year of Eric Carlson's next contract. If and when these playoffs end and the injuries come out, I'm sure that a number of guys, you know, including potentially Stone, Hoffman, and Torres, are going to admit they've been playing fairly hurt. Eric Carlson, I'm still waiting for the... Yeah, not only did I have two hairline fractures, but I tore both MCLs and a missing like a rib and a half. But I've still been going out there every game. Like Carlson is probably even more hurt than we realize. Yeah, Eric Carlson's just been playing like on Colin White's shoulders wrapped in a trench coat. <laughs> it's not even his own lower body at this point. Oh, uh, my God. So we'll see, but I don't want to find out how hurt Eric Carlson is. I mean, he has not been a huge difference maker in the last couple of games. So I think if that's another thing that's going to change uh, on Tuesday. Last podcast, I believe you said that this is your favorite Ottawa Senators team because it's the team that's least like the Ottawa Senators. What could be less like the Ottawa Senators than coming back from... 3-2 down to win in seven games. Against Pittsburgh, no less. The team Against that they Pittsburgh. never beat in the playoffs. You're right. It would be the least Ottawa Senators thing ever. And given that that has been the trend they have demonstrated throughout these playoffs so far, I continue to believe that they will do the counterintuitive thing and rebound from a 7 nothing shellacking to play well in Game 6 and force this series to go seven games, which they will win for the very first time ever. I mean, this is it. All the The all the signs point to that. I don't see how you could how you could look at the series of facts we have in front of us and suggest otherwise, like for them to lose game six. Like, that's the obvious move. They're not going to do that. It's embarrassingly obvious, actually. This Um, is a team that is has confounded expectations all season. So you thinking they're going to lose game six is just you falling for it again. Like, don't be that basic. Be smart, Ottawa fans. All right, folks, that wasn't so bad. Uh, turns out we're surprisingly hopeful in uh, in these dark times. But again, nowhere to go but up. And we're going to see you next week. We're going to talk about how uh, Ottawa matches up against the uh, Western Conference. I'm looking forward to it. That's, that's a date. I'm going to put that in my calendar right now. Saturday morning, we're, we're back. I'm going to put Stanley Cup review, Saturday morning, three-hour show. Let's do this thing. I can hear you tapping it out into your Palm Pilot right now. Good system. System be with you, and we'll see you next week. Whoa, 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 whoa. Christy and Sowers were a couple of fowlers who both still live with their moms. Breaking the town's local hockey team down with some microphones on. No other podcast was finer. More of a hit with the big rig diners We never thought they'd make it past episode 5 Whoa, somehow these dudes named Shed and Peristi are live Whoa, whoa, whoa Whoa, whoa, whoa It is Ryan here and I have a question for you What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.